I have like so many pillars and altars that I've built in my mind and my heart that God has just provided so much for us. And I can look back at those and me and Bitsy talk about them all the time. Like, hey, remember this when we didn't have jack squat and God gave us something or gave us the opportunity or took away the reason we needed jack squat. is Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church in Franklin, Indiana, where we explore how the local church fits in with the global church and how the kingdom is at work on a local level. Current Church meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear in Franklin and exists to encounter God, equip the church, and engage the world. We believe that whatever God is going to accomplish in this world, He is going to do through the church Big C. These are our stories and the testimony of the power of God in everyday lives. Find out more at currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Now here's your host, Jeremy. I miss all of you terribly. I do look forward to Sunday night, 6 o'clock, facebook.com slash currentchurch for our virtual gathering of the current family. I hope that you will be a part of that and look forward to that day where we walk through the doors of the gear together soon, hopefully. And now, a word from Warner Swopes. With all the washing, my hands have become extremely dry. And I thought, ah, oh, so weird to raise your hands in praise and See these dry hands raised in praise. And it reminded me of the passage in Ezekiel that I want to read for you right now. In Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out of the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them and saw a great many bones on the floor and the valley bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can those bones live again? So basically Ezekiel sees this vision where there's just a valley of bones that he's brought to by the Lord and the Lord asks him if the bones can live again. In this, the Lord raises the bones to life, puts skin and tendons on the bones and they're just standing there with no breath in their lungs. And then he asks... Ezekiel if they can breathe again and he tells Ezekiel to tell them in the name of the Lord to breathe and that the bodies raise and they breathe life and he brings to life this army and he says these are my people the Hebrews in verse 11 he says then he said to me son of man these bones are the people of Israel they say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone we are cut off therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says to you, my people. And right now, this is where I want to talk to you, the church. God is telling us this, my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. So be encouraged because right now, as his people, we are not living in our land, so to speak. We're, it, it, the whole world seems so foreign right now and it seems so different. And um, we're all in a state of grieving the way things used to be. But what we need to be doing is looking to the Lord because he can bring us back to life. And he is going to bring us back to life. And when he does, when the Lord does what he's going to do, it will be so obvious that it's him. 
And so, as you raise your dry hands in worship right now, be reminded that he can raise these dry bones. And we're not stuck here and we're not going to be here forever. We are the people of God and he's going to bring us into the place that he's promised us. And that's not the current state of having to always be away from each other. Remember to send videos to me or Gene for encouragement for the family. And we'll post them up on the Facebook page so that we can all be encouraged by each other. Send each other videos through whatever apps you're using. Just stay connected, family. It's so important right now. Love you all. We love Warner. For this episode, we go west, way west, and catch up with Justin and Bitsy, for that matter. The Bowwinkles moved to the Seattle area in October. We miss them dearly. We know that Seattle has been in the headlines for a lot of COVID-19 activity. Uh, We'll talk about that, the new job, so much more. Thanks for listening. guys were socially distancing before socially distancing was cool before it reached us here in the midwest we heard about seattle as kind of like the hot spot for coronavirus for a while how quickly did it become a part of your daily life and kind of overtake your routines honestly it was probably like i guess we're nearing a month almost it's like mid to end of february you know that's when we had our first cases here which is why we kind of became that you know hot spot we're like the first ones in the country to have cases, with well, the first case actually, but it got into a nursing home out here and caused a lot of excitement really quickly because, you know, it. we had a death rate that jumped quite a bit. So people got really scared about it and as they should have, right? Um, but also because we had that so quickly, we started putting stuff in place. Like I'm pretty much immediately people stopped showing up to work. Oh, really? Uh, those without even having the work mandated work from home. Okay. So this is, yeah, this is my second week working from home, but two weeks in the last two weeks we worked at our job, like at the location, they had a kind of a standing order of if you, like every day we got updates, every day it was like we had a task force at work that would send us information about what was going on. And they're like, okay, you know, we started getting, they started like, putting hand sanitizer stations everywhere and a lot of people stopped showing up to work so our group was one of the later ones to stop showing up because we're kind of like pinch point in the schedule we're like the kind of a hot topic right now for what we're doing so we were pushing really hard and then our manager before the company said it, our manager was just like like uh this thing's becoming like a worldwide situation uh let's go to work from home so he's like, I'm asking you if the company hasn't said it, if our governor hasn't said it, go home. Our whole group emptied out. Our company was just like ordering loads of laptops, like getting the VPN all, all like <laughs> set up. It was just like, okay, we got to get this army of people to be mobile right now. So, How much of what you normally would do on a day-to-day basis is hands-on and how much is computer work and theoretical? Oh, God. I mean, that's, well, not, that's not my business. But as far as like from a very practical standpoint, can you do yeah. what you need to do? Yeah, I can. Um, it's like 98, too. Oh, you know? okay, okay. Which I'm bummed about, actually. I, I miss the hands-on. Were you uh, misled? No, no, not really. Okay. I mean, I, I've known since the beginning that this was part of what the future would be. Um, 
my last job was a little more hands-on. I got to be like up inside of, you know, of the product and involved with it. Um, this will happen that way as well once the product uh, starts becoming a reality, right? It uh, will mean I'll need to travel to Florida quite a bit, uh, be a part of what we're doing there and what we're building. And that way, uh, it'll start being way more hands-on. But as, as of right now, it's all in design phase. So Is travel part of what you knew you were signing up for? Yeah, no, definitely. And it's actually, I haven't even traveled anywhere yet. Um, right. And my first interview, they shot me with, how do you feel about two weeks out of every month being away? Oh, wow. And I was like, well, I don't. I don't feel good about that. <laughs> I was like, uh, we'll end this right now if that's what you need from me. <laughs> Won't waste your time. Um, and they're like, no, no, no. We just want to hit you with the worst case scenario. I'm like, okay, well, how often are we expected to have worst case scenarios? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, in my interview, I was like, okay. They're like, no, it might be as serious as one week out of the month. And I was like, okay, well, about 20% travel is my absolute max. Two little kids, it's my situation. I stopped full-time touring to be home right. and have a family. Right. It wasn't like, uh, I'm not getting into this to see the world. Let's yeah. put it that way. <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, so far I haven't gone anywhere. I canceled a trip to Florida. I was supposed to be in Florida for two weeks a week ago. I would have been just getting back now, but um, they canceled all travel like the company did before there was a a travel kind of slowdown or, or ban, really. You think it'll be safe to travel when you guys need to? I mean, is the, is the progress on this particular project slowed a little bit because of this anyway? Oh, yeah. At, <laughs> everyone's slowed, yeah. Everyone we're working with outside of our company, everyone's work from home now. So mm-hmm. that's. I think people are just shifting gears. I honestly don't feel it's slowed me personally in my work. It's kind of like... Uh, it's kind of a nice to be able to, I don't have a long commute, but cut the commute out of my day. I know a lot of other people I talk to are pretty happy about it too. Yeah. Um, commuting here is kind of a very substantial part of most people's day. Sure. And like any big city. So if you get rid of that, and I think most people are like, it, it's pretty new for everyone. Like two weeks is not to the point where they're starting to get stir crazy, I think. I mean, after a month, maybe ask everyone again. Right. But it's kind of like so far they're pretty nice, you know. So, I mean, the communication has been like like we're talking now, right? Uh, states away, good connection. We have a lot of video conference calls and a lot of screen sharing and stuff like that. So, communication hasn't been hampered that much. It's still better to get your hands on something, but for us, we don't really get to hit put our hands on a lot of anything as of yet. So, uh, can you name for me the nickname of the Seattle XFL franchise? Ooh, the dragons! Oh, that's pretty good right there, because uh, yeah. that's that's brand new. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, well versed in all things uh, sports. I'm a little. Li- I'm a li- little surprised you're not wearing your dragons jersey even as we speak. Oh, <laughs> I am wearing. Ooh, look at that! Uh, oh, let me get, success day. Let me get a screenshot of that. That'll be the pro <laughs> wanna... the promo IG for uh, <laughs> for this oh, episode. Yeah. Oh yeah, look work. Build, team building exercise t-shirt number boy that's number one boy is that not a lesson right there for us all <laughs> it's actually super comfortable they print all their shirts on canvas oh. which is the a brand not the material favorite brand of t-shirts if anybody's interested uh canvas brand t-shirts are the best fitting best feeling yeah 
was there like a crazy run on toilet paper and all that out there? Have you guys been able to find what you need? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, there was. Um, so the Midwest is now, I only know this because I'm getting calls a lot from yeah. family and friends. They're all like, is it terrible? We ran out of toilet paper. I'm like, yeah, we were out of toilet paper like two weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no, people freaked out. Um, Good thing you have a bidet. I wish. I bet it's hard to get a bidet right now. I bet it is. There's a run on bidets now. Yeah. I bet a bidet there. No, I can't do it. It's just too far of a stretch. <laughs> okay. Uh, I bet there is. <laughs> um, I think that things have calmed down. You can't hit a supply chain like that with any sort of spike in demand. Like all that stuff is planned out and scheduled. And when you spike it with something like that, it's just not ready. It doesn't mean that there's never going to be this again. They're just trying to catch up to that spike in demand. And sure. It's like, all right, why did you do that? for toilet paper for all of reasons you know it's like i get it you know milk bread cheese or whatever the, the thing's like okay <laughs> you know there's been this like insane amounts of memes and you know twitter posts stuff that's like super comical i only really get it down with the funny stuff but so my one friend was like man i hope we don't get some sort of diarrhea virus and run out of nasal spray <laughs> so it stands to reason yeah. I have to think it's probably been a crazy calendar year for you or a crazy 12 months. If you back yeah. up to trying to graduate and the closed doors that you saw in the Midwest on the job hunt and just the, the concept of moving across the country and then doing so. And I know some of the, it was not the easiest time in your first few days out there and, and now raising a family amidst a heretofore never seen World, worldwide pandemic with two small kids uh you're a, yeah. you're a guy who um seems to believe in the goodness of god have you had some some dark moments in the last 12 months in the last 12 months well i've been out here four and a half months yeah um in the last 12 months i was finishing my senior year of college and uh there's probably darker moments then <laughs> yeah um, but uh I have this really bad habit of like just putting my family and myself through the ringer and doing everything what seemingly the hardest way possible. <laughs> um, and uh, I kind of feel like I take it in stride. The example of right now, uh, this has been great. <laughs> yeah. I get to stay home with my family. I get to see my kids every day. I have an awesome excuse for not doing a whole lot of things. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And um, I still believe that God is king, right? And uh, and all this is under his control or it's going to be what it is. I mean, it doesn't change the fact of what I believe and how I feel. It's like I'm I'm not going to let fear dictate how I live my life. And and I, I try and maintain that in everything. Obviously, it gets harder in other in it sometimes. And but for stuff like this stuff, that's like so wildly out of my control as a human, mm -hmm. as a man. It's just like. Uh, I don't find any sense in worrying about it type of thing. So I think fear is more contagious than any virus, right? So if you let that in, uh, it kind of goes right through the whole family, goes right through every part of you. And just, it doesn't say, I trust God, you know, it doesn't uh, promote that. It doesn't convey that message to other people at least. Yeah. So I, th I think that's the best, what, I mean, not, not to downplay what's happening. It's, it's terrible. You know, it, it's bad. If everything is what we're hearing, you know, if everything is 
what's being uh, conveyed to us is true, then yeah, it's it's something to take serious. It's something to be responsible with and, and do your part, I guess, you know, of like not you know, distributing this to people who are in those demographics that could be hurt by it, right? Yeah. Um, but but don't be afraid. I mean, life gives you all sorts of stuff. It gives you different situations. A lot of it we get to control, especially in this country, you know, which is awesome and praise God for that. But the things we can't control, uh, that's just an opportunity to believe and trust God. I, I've, I've honestly, it's, it's been it's been pretty okay for my situation. Is not everyone's situation, right? I have the opportunity to work from home. Uh, it hasn't affected me in any way except for I now eat lunch and breakfast with my family. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm super blessed by that, and I understand that this has been a big deal for a lot of people. And if those were the cases, I probably would have a lot more fear and anxiety about it or at least a harder difficulty to combat those things. Because I think for me, I know that like personally, I start getting scared when I can't provide, right? And mm-hmm. when, I, when I feel like I'm not able to do enough to protect or be there for my family, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, thankfully I haven't been tested in that during this coronavirus thing. I have been tested that in the last 12 months mm-hmm. when it comes to, you know, being dirt poor in school type of thing, you know, like, what am I gonna do? Or, even graduating school and being at my job in Indiana, knowing that certain financial things were coming, you know, with school loans or, or whatever it was, you know, uh, I knew that that was coming down the pipe and me and Bitsy had already made certain preparations for how to deal with that. But it, it's stuff that causes you worry and concern, but I have like so many pillars and altars that I've built in my mind and my heart uh, that God has just provided so much for us. And I can look back at those and me and Bitsy talk about them all the time. Like, Hey, remember this when we didn't have yeah. you know, Jack squat and God gave us something or gave us the opportunity or just, or took away the reason we needed sure. Jack squat. You know? so, <laughs> um, he's always done amazing things. I, uh, just being out here, I was putting in loads of job applications, like everything I was trying to everywhere. And, you know, he brought me something that I was like, nah, I didn't think that was on the table. You know, that was that was not an option. And, and all of a sudden now I'm, I'm moving across country type of thing. So he just does so many cool things. And if you take account of those things and keep them as like these tokens or, or memories of things that God has done in your life, when other things happen, it, it, it's easy to look back and just be like, oh, sweet. You know, this is nothing compared to that. Wasn't it so that you couldn't even stand up in your first apartment after you guys got married because yeah, because but, of tallness? Yeah, I was young. I was young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I broke like more light bulbs on my head like that first two years of marriage than, uh, <laughs> which is you know a staggering it's, statistic. It's know? a rookie mistake as well. I mean, you break a bulb, okay. You break two bulbs, maybe. Yeah, well, you know, you get excited sometimes. You're like, you know, sometimes you just got to get up and move quickly through the apartment and, okay uh, when you do you forget about headspace but it's been a long time and, since i was tall so i, I don't know <laughs> well you know that that apartment was great because it wasn't just the light bulbs it was that when i entered the apartment i had to like take a half step to the left <laughs> and then walk down there was like a, a a tunnel between the hvac ducts that i could walk down where my head wouldn't hit your sweet and spot I walked across yeah, yeah yeah that was my 
my preferred travel path. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Otherwise, I was just like this. This is like, okay. So the uh, oh. the the three walls and the ceiling that I see before me right now on Google Hangouts. Um, oh yeah. Is this your is this your? Because uh, last time you and I talked on the phone, we talked about the crazy Seattle housing market. Uh, yeah. Where are we right now? What am I looking at? Uh, we have a. I think they call them townhouse. This is rental. your this is your second dwelling place in Seattle, in the yeah, Seattle absolutely. area. Yeah, we're in the same apartment complex, and we just rented a townhome, which is basically a two story apartment. It has another. It's like two bedrooms and two and a half baths, you know, mm-hmm. that you can get that half bath and you get a second story to kind of like give you a little more uh, living room space. So, but, you know, it's like probably a thousand square feet or something, 1100 square feet. Mm-hmm. So not super big um, for four people, but it's definitely big enough and affordable for us. So uh, we've been looking. Yeah. Housing's expensive out here, man. It's uh, one of those things was able to God bless us with a home in Indiana that did remarkably well uh, through a lot of the housing market and uh, ended up selling that for, for triple what we bought it. And I still don't have enough for a down payment. So. Wow. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, You told me a story about one of your coworkers who uh, had put in, what, over 60 offers or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's super common. Like, uh, like yeah, he put like 60 offers. And then the house he bought, he never even saw in person. He just put in an offer. Uh, immediately when it popped on the market like while he was at work or something yeah he's just like okay put an offer wow let's not go look at it god provides and i trust that he's got the right thing for us and if i'm i'm totally fine we have a great place we feel safe and this is it's pretty fun we're riding on a bike path so i went and bought a bicycle trailer the other day and we've been taking bike rides stuff like that so weather's pretty cool out right now so cool isn't good Mm -hmm. Um, it's warmer yeah. <laughs> How did you find the? In other words, rumors that you were moving to a strange and heathen land. How did <laughs> How did you find the spiritual climates once you got out there? Oh, um, yeah. So uh, people have plenty of well facts in their mind, right? Oh, it's terrible. This is a terrible, heathenistic, godforsaken place. And and you know what? Yeah, sure. For the minority it's true you know for the majority it's pretty much just like the rest of america Uh um there is a definitely like any big city some stuff that goes on here that probably doesn't happen in um rural places um you get a lot more people a lot more subcultures and all that stuff there's a lot more of everyone right but as far as like christianity and the people here that are God-fearing, amazing people. It's been great. Um, we were able to find a church right away that we really enjoy. We're going to a, a Calvary Chapel church, which I hadn't been to before. But uh, as far as what they believe, it's been uh, very refreshing, very similar to current, to Risen Savior before that. Mm-hmm. We did go to an Assembly God church out here first. And I totally wholeheartedly believe that they are God-fearing, loving people. Uh, it just didn't feel like uh, the right fit. I didn't feel God drawing us there. It was, I'm sure they're fine. I'm sure they're great. It just was like evident to me that current and risen Savior before that uh, is not like most Assembly God churches. <laughs> so I was like, oh, we, perhaps we went to something pretty unique <laughs> twice. <laughs> um, so uh, we 
ended up not maintaining that. And uh, we ended up attending this Calvary Chapel Church because it was honestly right at the end of our apartment complex. And I was like, ah, they believe in the Bible. They believe in Jesus. They got some good stuff going on. All right, let's go there. It's been uh, it's been great. People have been amazingly friendly and open and got deep with us very quick, which is mm-hmm. uh, which was my own personal feelings about moving to the West Coast. Yeah, I kind of felt like you miss out a bit on that depth of relationship from what I had seen, which is totally a generalization in my mind, just a personal one I had. And it was great to have that kind of thrown in my face immediately and just been like, nope, yeah. we're going to get deep with you right away and we're going to get in to find out who you are. They were very interested in, in our walks with Christ and, and helping us uh, maintain slash improve those walks. And so it was awesome. And they are so intentional about going to church. It's not something here that is, well, you were raised to go to church. We all go to church, so you're going to church. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I'm going to go to church because I care about my relationship with Christ and I want to go. And that was very like refreshing. I don't believe that to be true about I don't think that's the case like everywhere like in you know the Bible Belt or in the Midwest or anything. I don't think that's the case for everyone, especially like at current where people definitely were intentional about their faith and yeah. about coming to church and being involved and progressing that relationship with Christ. But for this is a, a much larger church, it's like 600 people. To have that many people who all seem very motivated to be there has been really neat. It's not just a 600 person church where it's like well, there's probably, you know, like 10% mm-hmm. of people are really pushing their relationship with God, trying to maintain or trying to advance that relationship or deepen it. It's like, it's a, it's a lot more than that. And it's pretty awesome. It's something I wasn't expecting. But like any anything with our faith, it's like challenge is what makes it grow and become stronger, you know. When we're comfortable and when every all our needs are met yeah. and when everything is easy... Uh, we don't become stronger. And so in an area like this where, yeah, there is like more opportunity to get into whatever you want or whatever tickles your fancy, you know, there is a lot more uh, adversity to your faith than it kind of strengthens you, you know. And to those who don't really want it or need it, that whole idea of this is just my social responsibility to go to church because that's what my family or my area does uh, it strips away that really quick. Hmm. And so I actually, it was nice. It was nice that it was so uh, controversial to the popular opinion in the Midwest of what it'd be like out here. Now, granted, I don't live in Seattle proper. I live in Kent, Washington, which is about uh, about uh, 20 minutes south of Seattle. Seattle itself, I'm sure, like any downtown major city, a mm-hmm. uh, little bit different, you know, the culture changes. But um, here, it's it's pretty awesome. So can't speak to living downtown Seattle. Yeah. It'd be probably way out of my budget. <laughs> so is that like walking distance to the church building for you guys? Um, yeah, kind of. Um, probably a 10. Okay. Apartment complex is like 700 units or something like that. It is massive. Okay. Well, no, you, you live in a, a pretty sizable apartment complex, right? Shh. Oh, sorry. You live in I'm a on. mansion, <laughs> 800,000 square foot uh, mansion. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot Carmel. to share that testimony with you. 
suffering here in Geist <laughs> Reservoir. <laughs> but I mean, um, so I'm, I'm, are you guys doing online gatherings right now, or how's that happening? Yeah, yeah. So um, we go to like a small group that's happened online through Zoom, which is the new popular app that everyone is using. Um, and, Zoom is uh, so yesterday. I don't know. Oh. If it was, then I'm like four <laughs> days ago. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so we have uh, that happen on like Friday night and then Sunday mornings they do they do an online service and they do an online kids service too which is pretty awesome and uh, it's production wise it's done really well um, that's maybe my only complaint they're a little too organized there's like so many they have like such a a large staff of like kind of a good mix of young people and old people and they all really love what they're doing and they're so efficient at it I'm just like Come on, let's let's, let's little, muddy the waters little, here a little bit. You don't have to be so efficient at everything. A little sloppiness yeah. is akin to godliness, I say. Yeah, it makes it more real. Yeah. Does, I don't want to play to a click track. I was going to say, does anyone <laughs> does anyone there yet know that you know your way around a drumstick? Uh, yeah, a drumstick or two. <laughs> if you're talking about uh, a nestle's drumstick or something of the kfc nature then probably better i'm thinking schwann's <laughs> do you know schwann's oh schwann's yeah that's a good drumstick yeah that is a good drumstick we had schwann's delivered when i was probably like five and six years old push pops yeah oh yeah the push pops i think they served things that weren't ice cream too but nobody cared about those they've really i had this conversation with my sister uh for nostalgia's sake uh, a couple months ago so I, I did a deep dive into the schwann's current menu and ice really? desserts are actually a very small part of what they do now. Really? You might look if you're bored. That's a shame, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping they would have expanded that branch of their services and then become like full-on ice cream trucks that just uh, have a, <laughs> right. a bell and some and the, sort of musical number that and, the, and a guy and the creepy inside. factor, yeah. Yeah, yeah, creep factor. Oh, that's the Schwanz guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this the, is good. This is good. We're talking about Schwanz. The Schwanz. <laughs> the Schwanz guy needs Jesus too, though. Uh, uh, no, he's so. got a lot of ice cream. Well, that's true. <laughs> did you ever? Got everything you need. Did you ever have a scooter crunch? Ooh, a scooter crunch. Yeah. No, it that sounds was, like it was originated somewhere in like Arkansas. The scooter crunch was my favorite Schwann's item. Hey, yo, yo, no, 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 dig, 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 dig down deep in that Schwann's truck there, Mister Schwann. That's one, one nice cold scooter crunch on a hot day like this. That's the one. <laughs> Plexiglass or no for the drum set um, there? Um, yes. There's Plexi. Are you going to find your way behind the glass? I don't know. I've actually spoken with a couple people about it, and I would like to be involved like that. I did sign up for children's ministry um, to help out there. It's hard to drop off two kids every Sunday and then be like, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be terrible. <laughs> no, um, It's the Bellwinkle way. Yeah. No, I, I definitely uh, I signed up for that. So I'm, I've had to go once because of coronavirus now that I, I don't i've missed the right. my last time i was supposed to help but god provides um, again through the uh, through the pandemic he is good <laughs> yeah um so i wanted to make sure i had a pretty good understanding of my schedule like work schedule as well as like family time before i yeah jumped into a second uh, serving role at the church i also don't really have a lot of space to put up my drum set to practice and it has been actually over one year now since i have hit a drum come on so, yeah i didn't play my entire senior year of college it has been like a year and some <laughs> been longer than a year and four months or i so. wouldn't have guessed that does uh tr yeah. true or false 
at least one well, at, le- at, well. le- <laughs> at least one person that you've met had heard of Flatfoot out there. Out here? Yeah. Yeah, I was at a donut shop. Um, <laughs> here, I'll, I'll give you a story time. I bought a van when we came out here. This is the long version. Okay. I bought a van. You can edit it down. <laughs> I like a good van uh, story. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, this is not a good van. I bought a van because we gave away uh, one of our, our vehicles uh, when we moved, and we sold the other one for 500 bucks, and that was probably $300 more than it was worth. Ooh. Um, the, uh, so God provides. Um, yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> No, I hated that view. Anyway, we bought a brand new van because I'm like, okay, I don't have the network of people around here. I don't have like a, my full garage set up. Like I want it to work on something. So let me, uh, let's buy something nice. We just sold our home. We're able to purchase a, a little bit better vehicle. Um, I buy a 2017 Chrysler Pacifica. Nice. Um, it, well, wait, it's got uh, 50,000 miles on it. I buy an extended warranty with it. You know, I have it. It is now at 54,000 miles from the 50,000 miles. And it has been in the shop uh, five times. Oh, I've had the full top end rebuilt, new cams, new lifters, uh, new uh, rocker arms, new, like basically everything involving uh, the top end of the motor. Uh, synchros, um, are those called synchronizers? Yes, yeah, synchronizers. Anyway, new position sensors, bunch of different sensors replaced. It's been in the shop like half the time I've owned it, pretty much. All covered by warranty? Yes. Otherwise, I would not be uh, yeah. doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I still have a significant issue with the vehicle that is causing a major transmission slip. And that's not even related to the top end of the engine. Anyway, um, so in my travels back and forth to the shop, I end up driving to the north side of Seattle where uh, I purchased the vehicle because uh, the warranty required it because they're like this seems like they should have known about this you better take it back to them so i take it back up there there's a donut shop that i see every time going up there and i'm like i'm gonna go to that place because it looks good why i don't know why it's donuts um i pull in there and there's like a vehicle right there the only one in the parking lot and it's got a flat 56 sticker on a bumper and i'm like huh so i walk in there there's a mom feeding her three kids i'm assuming they're hers i don't think she stole them (laughs) from somebody else or it is seattle um, land of the heathens yeah. so <laughs> yeah, there she was uh, you know transporting children across the <laughs> northern border of america into canada you know no no <laughs> they were eating ice cream and donuts <laughs> and uh so i go up to her and i'm like hey uh you have a sticker on the back of your car with a 56 in a circle i'm like do you know what that is she's like yeah it's a spam flap of 56 and i'm like i used to be in that <laughs> I talked to her for a while. She's from Jacksonville, Florida. And she was at a show that we played there that had like one of the most intense, massive fights oh, I've ever seen okay. at a show. And I've probably told you about it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, there was this crazy fight. I'm like, I remember that <laughs> show. I don't remember you. There's a lot of people there. Most of them had blood on their yeah. face. <laughs> so anyway, that was kind of funny. But yeah, so I've uh, met some other people. Uh, my boss knew about our band. No before, kidding. Uh, I got the job, so... But yeah, and there's been there's a few people out here that are connected to the band through their fan base and stuff like that. I haven't really met up with any of them. Oh, I, a couple of people. I went to this uh, show for this band, The Vicious Cycles, which is like one of this super awesome band from Vancouver. I've liked them for like 10 years. I've never seen them. And they played the first week I was here. And I ran into a bunch of guys that knew my band there. And uh, so that was, that was fun. That was cool to relate on that level to people and stuff. So yeah, for the most part... Uh, 
it's kind of been kind of a past chapters of my life and it's awesome it's cool no regrets and i'm super happy i lived through it and got to do those things but it's it's it seems very long ago now <laughs> i bet it does so. and you're still a young man Am you've, I? you've lived several uh, different lives you're what 30 yeah no. <laughs> 30 34 33 i just turned 35 35 just turned so you're 35. not that far behind me from your um and I don't want to take you any place you don't want to go. And I, Jeremy, been, I will spend about talk, forty talk minutes about everything. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, uh, time restraint I, is on your end. Okay. Well, I um, we talked right before Thanksgiving. I think that was a weird time. Everything was still really fresh. Yeah. I mean, what was it? I think you said it, it was harder than you thought it would be. And I, I know you're a guy who counts the costs of of decisions you make. What kinds of things did you learn through that? The process of making the final decision of actually moving out there and then and then starting this new life. Yeah. Um, in Thanksgiving, I remember, or around Thanksgiving, things were really fresh. We're still trying to establish, you know, a, just kind of get fully relocated here, mm-hmm. uh, which can always cause a lot of uh, difficulties. I'm, I had a van that was being terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I was also dealing with like how to get fully adjusted at my job. You know, it's it's kind of a really hard thing to be the new guy, especially around uh, a lot of people who were well established. Uh, out of a my group is about forty people, and there was two new guys, me being one of them. Yeah. So um, everyone else had been working on rockets for their careers, right? Um, a lot of people worked for for NASA or for SpaceX or for you know, all these well-known names and, and had uh, very established engineering careers. And I'm coming in like, hi, how's it going? I'm just happy to be here, everybody. You know? um, yeah, uh, I, I know the pointy end goes up, right? So um, they, uh, it, that's funnier than I initially thought. Sorry. <laughs> You're like, oh, 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 wait a minute. There's a pointy end. Uh Technically, on our rocket, uh, both ends go up. That's what she said. Forward in the direction, but but it doesn't matter. Um, Yeah, so so I was feeling a great deal of it. If you you talk about anxiety in the last 12 months, that was probably the peak of, of my anxiety level moving out here. It's like, oh, shoot, I need to step up my game and be able to pull... Uh, on the same team as these guys and these guys are well beyond me and don't get me wrong they're awesome they're super great guys they're super nice super uh i say guys gender mm-hmm. neutral there's you know all sorts of they them wrong. they them thank you jackie yep um yeah so uh it was a little intimidating for sure to step into that and and that was like at that level of like me trying to figure out how how much do I trust God with things? And yeah, it's easy to trust God with things that are out of your control, but like things that you feel directly like you should have control of personally, mm-hmm. like this is my own fault that I'm not up to this level, the standard in my own mind, you know, of where I should be at um, uh, mentally and like with uh, with my education or with my understanding of what I'm supposed to be doing now and being paid to do. That was kind of a hard thing to wrap my head around to trust God that he's like going to provide this understanding of, of the job at hand, you know? Yeah. And that seems like out of, I didn't fully recognize that that would happen to me. 
I think. Hmm. Like this, this intense uh, anxiety about that. I was just like, oh, shoot, you know, I, I, I hadn't prepared mentally for this. I hadn't prepared for feeling inadequate, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm not saying that in any way of, of sure. kind of pompous or arrogant or anything. It's just like I was in school. I was the older kid, you know, the older guy, you know. I was with a bunch of 20 year olds they didn't know anything you know <laughs> uh, so i didn't really feel not smart yeah. you know and here i feel not smart wow <laughs> um has that gone away a little bit not to spoiler uh, alert but no it definitely definitely has um, okay. i've become a lot more i've learned a lot of the my job you know that i i didn't know before it's just like this fire hose of information and fire hose of, of details and specifications and, and language that I wasn't previously uh, aware of. And, you know, it's like, like anything else. So you pick it up and God has given all of us this uh, ability to learn, you know. And so if you have the desire to learn, which I greatly did, you know, then you just focus on it and, you know, God provides and he's always, he's always there. So I don't feel that way as much anymore. There's still definitely moments. I definitely feel inadequate in a lot of things. And, and that's like, I know that's not from God. Uh, I know that he doesn't uh, put you in situations that he doesn't provide for, or he hasn't already provided for you. So it's just up to you to, yeah. to remain diligent and, and, and work through it and, and have faith that he's in control still. So uh, that's just kind of how I, it's the truth I believe, but maybe it's just the way I cope with it. Sure. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but uh, at any rate, it's working. So <laughs> good. Um, yeah, no, I, f- I feel a lot better about about everything and about the the job. And I've always liked the job. It was yeah. always awesome. I just was just intimidated, you know. And it's hard to feel intimidated. That's uh, usually feels like a young man's game, you know. In my mind, it's just like, come on, get over it. Everyone knows, you know. You just get in there and try your best. <laughs> well, it, it's hard to tell yourself that. When, you know, it's just like. Oh, wait a minute. Should I know this? No, but no, they hired me knowing that I was a fresh graduate and hadn't worked in the space side of aerospace. So they've been very understanding. So while simultaneously just loading me up with work. By way of a testimony, my sister had a place in Pasadena and w- was looking for work there and finding a bunch of closed doors. If that sounds familiar. And yeah. she threw this Hail Mary for a job at Apple in San Fran. And then named her price and they hired her. And all of a sudden she was moving to San Francisco around the time that this all happened with you in Seattle. Um, Really? Was it not? And it was almost like I often think of the Gideon story with the wet fleece and all that, Mm -hmm. where um, I know it was your heart's desire to remain here. If that's what God had for you guys, Um, you were somewhat settled. You liked it here, I think. Yeah. From all reports, you, you liked being a part of our family and all that. And so you weren't trying to get out of here. Um, no. And the craziest job you applied for is the one you got, right? And all the, yeah. the more modest ones you did not get. And so it kind Correct. of became an open door, closed door situation, no? Yeah, no. I, I, in fact, I never received a single um, positive response. It's not like I had my choice. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, I could either stay where I was at, which was fine but also showing a lot of signs of trouble ahead for the work and for uh, what I was making as far as financially, like how we were going to swing it, we would have been totally fine. But 
I applied to many different places and had a desire to progress beyond what my position was at, at Comlux in Indianapolis. I wanted to do something more. I did enjoy that job and I thought it was super fun and I really enjoyed that working at that location and what I was doing, but I wanted to do something more kind of thing. And I received uh, zero positive responses except for Blue Origin. So yeah. uh, I kind of was given a very simple decision to make, you know, yeah. uh, I was thankful for that. Uh, thankful God didn't load me up with, you know, I, I like restaurants like Chick-fil-A and in and out Burger because they only serve one thing really. And <laughs> I don't have to make hard decisions. About. <laughs> it's like, no, I will have what you do best. And there it is, you know, and, uh, I'll just give it to me larger or you know, smaller, you know, it's just like, <laughs> um, I appreciated that. And I think, uh, God knowing me, you know, and, and what it would take for me to actually make a move like that. Um, if that was indeed so in his, you know, will to do so, or if he was just like, Hey, here's your options. You like Indiana. And the only way you'd move out of here is if you had something really great. Uh, so here's that, what do you want to do? <laughs> you know? Um, so I was kind of faced with two very good options. Mm -hmm. um, one provided a lot more promise in the end, and that was the one I chose. Yeah. So now I totally miss being back in the Midwest. I, I really loved all the family there and physical mm. or blood family and, you know, church family. And we had so many awesome friends. I, I liked the, the culture in the Midwest a lot. Um, doesn't mean I don't like it out here. Doesn't mean I haven't made great friends out here. Um, just I wasn't planning on going. So you're correct in saying that. Bitsy was totally getting very comfortable in Indianapolis, and she was just really looking forward to a life without the the hecticness of school. Yeah, uh, which I put her through our entire time <laughs> in Indiana, <laughs> um, and so. Yeah, we were in Indiana in October of 2013. I started school January of 2014. I graduated in May of 2019, and we moved here in October of 2019. So you were here exactly six years. Almost exactly. Which is a, a decent chunk of your married life for sure. Yeah, um, coming up 12 years. Yeah. So half of it. Wow. Yeah. But if she's around, we, uh, we might check to see if she has anything to add. So in those six years, um, you're an intentional guy. You, at least in our friendship, took the initiative, even though I was the one who was entrenched in the church and you were the new guy. But I mean, that's, I think you told me a story how you helped a guy move out in Washington, uh, like one of your first couple of weeks at that church, because yeah. because you have a problem like that. I do. I'm very, so I'm, that doesn't surprise me at all. But and this could be a question for Bitsy, too, if she joins us. But what, She's coming, what do you but think yeah. those six years of your life meant and, and what were those supposed to be for you? Here, let me pull up. Hey, Jeremy. How are you? How are we? It's good. It's not quite as good, but it's the Lord can bless it. I'm thinking about, I think I actually have a picture of it. I might try to find it for the Instagram for this, but um, when we sent you guys out, it's very churchy, but um, I, I'm thinking about that and how much your life has changed since that night when you kind of got up and, and spoke about the new opportunity and all. And ha now here we are as current church. And we're not even gathering right now because of the craziness. So, so much has changed in so little time for everybody. But 
we were just talking about how from October of 2013 to October of 2019, you guys were in Indiana and that would amount to about half of your married life. <laughs> now that that's in the rear view mirror, what do you take away from that time? What do you think that was supposed to mean? Uh, if well, anything, well, it was a lot of changes. Like I think actually we shared when we left, when we were, I think referring to that photo, you're talking about um, just how it was like our first house, first kids, Justin finishing or starting and finishing a degree. There was a lot of big life changes that happened during that time. And um, just, I mean, there's so many different aspects to each one of those changes. When I look back to as far as like what that all meant, you know, it may, <laughs> it's different for each one of them, I think. I think Indiana for us was provided us that opportunity to have those changes. Um, whereas it wasn't really an option um, in Chicago because of either it, economics or, or whatever. Um, but moving to Indianapolis was just like, hey, you know, it felt like all these doors opened up to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was also like a time for us where we had always been in kind of the shadow of what other things were going on in Chicago. Um, there was always something bigger or somebody else or some, and we were just kind of didn't feel like it was our own. Mm-hmm. Like we had been able to put in the legwork and create something for ourselves. It was just, uh, you're part of the same old neighborhood. Everyone is, you go to the same church that you've gone to since you were a kid, you got the same friends that your family has. And all those were not bad things, but they weren't our own. And you never really know what would be unless you step out and, and go for it and, or step into what you feel like God's calling you to do. Um, and it, there's a little bit of risk in that because it's the unknown, but Indiana provided us like the answer to those unknowns. You know, it's just like, yeah. who could we be? Hmm. Like, how far could we take this? What kind of church would we settle at? What kind of friends would we develop and friendships? What would it be like to have a family? All those things were very unknown to us and impossible with our situation in Chicago, it seemed like. Yeah. So it kind of just set us up to find us in Indiana. You know, like we were able to find out who we are and things we wanted as a couple and in our marriage. And I think that was just an opportunity we uh, hadn't necessarily had um, before as far as like away from family neighborhood, like Justin said, um, everything we had already uh, always known mm-hmm. pushed us to step outside of those comforts a lot. Yes. Getting kicked out of the nest, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> even though we were older, like we'd been doing it. And that was the other thing too, is that in Chicago, we had already put in about eight to 10 years of a career in music, right? Together. Yeah. Um, and Bitsy had a, a pretty awesome job uh, at Threadless in Chicago. And we were creating and establishing a lifestyle that we were kind of like, will this get us where we want to be in the end? Uh, and if it won't, do we want to keep walking down this road? And so we prayed a whole lot in like, what is God, what do you have for us? And and doing that. And when we went to Indiana, it was like stepping out in faith, you know, just like, all right, God, we trust that you will meet us. You've put something inside of us to, and, and then we, we were able to grow in who we are and as a couple and as individuals in Christ through that stepping out. So I think Indiana, if we never end up back there again, 
will always be that like a very good memory, a very good time spent, and mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of positive. If I had to pick one thing that just is in my mind about Indiana and our time there, it was friendships. Like that is probably the most, I mean, obviously valuable, but the most prominent thing in my mind is just the relationships and friendships we built there um, with people that I still keep in contact with and I still feel very close to and constantly texting. And, you know, it seems like I miss the the one-on-one encounters with people, but right now we wouldn't have that anyway. So it's just kind of like we're in Indiana anyways. (laughs) It's very true. Um, So it, but it, those relationships that just meant so much and that's one thing that my friends there and the people I met had just taught me, I think, is just how deep relationships can be and how close they can be developed. And, you know, that everybody's just there for one another and it doesn't distance or time doesn't really affect that commitment to each other, which I'm, I am greatly um, appreciative of that. And we were coming from touring where, you know, we, we're touring so much, a lot of our relationships that we did have, you know, it was in a similar aspect, I guess, where we were out of town. And, um, but this was even like some of those years were before cell phones were really a big deal or, you know, Facebook wasn't even really a big deal. So communication was um, really difficult in those relationships. So I think just going to Indiana and um, making just super deep relationships with the people there and, building those friendships and i think that was uh probably the most prominent thing in my mind i remember when we had you on as the featured guest on the podcast with ashley you told us the story about justin coming home and saying hey i think we're going to move to indiana i think the school is good there i think we're going and you seem like a very roll with the punches kind of girl and you said okay i guess we're moving to indiana so fast forward six years and now i guess we're moving to seattle but there are two kids in the picture and it's not, yeah. it's not one state away. And, um, yeah. what, uh, obviously I know it was hard, what you can share as little or as much as you want to, but what would you like the current family to know about what kinds of things you went through and are going through? Oh man. I think the, one of the things is, um, for me, the biggest thing is just patience, <laughs> patience with my kids. And, um, you know, it, it was, it's a lot of changes and, you know, I'm trying to help them adapt to the changes and um, things are much different for them. I mean, trying with the first week, trying to get them to understand that, hey, you can't just walk out the door. You're in an apartment complex. Right. <laughs> we don't know these people because they were so used to having a yard. And yeah. um, so, I mean, just little things like that. But, you know, just teaching me how to be more patient with them and showing me how much you know, I, it wasn't a bad thing. I had so many people there for me and so many people that gave me um, tremendous advice and who loved my kids and were there for them. And, um, you know, I relied on that <laughs> heavily. And um, so just having just more of an understanding of how to help them adapt. And, um, you know, it, it wasn't without its, without its struggles in the beginning. Sure. Um, and we still have those times, but I think, helping them just to understand like, you know, how to adapt to situations and how to make the best of different situations. I mean, Ollie and I talk all the time about, you know, things we had in Indiana and that we don't have here, but then, you know, we try to combat it with the things that we have here that weren't in Indiana, you know? So there's just that constant 
trying to, for me, trying to think of ways to make this fun for them, you know, and it took a lot of effort and it's pretty <laughs> exhausting at times. Sure. But that's one uh, major thing that I, you know, had to spend a lot of time and still do spend a lot of time asking God to help me have patience and taking advantage of every moment and every opportunity I have to not only express that patience to them, but you know, to learn it and to be, get better at it. And yeah. Grow in it. And, yeah. That's good. Well, we love the Bowwinkles. I couldn't imagine anybody better to social distance on a podcast with <laughs> than people who live in Washington. But um, I bet the ratings for this will be huge as well because of people uh, WFHing. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah, we, we love you guys. We miss you terribly. Uh, we don't worry about you, though. So appreciate oh, you. you yeah appreciate you doing this um the moment that you climb back behind the drums i want to i'm going to be the first to know just sure no I'll definitely <laughs> i will text you a report on how poorly it goes yeah <laughs> i like that <laughs> yeah i threw one over the wall <laughs> good love you guys love, love you too man. man we'll be in touch appreciate it all right don't touch me You've been listening to Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church. For more information, visit currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Current Church is located in Franklin, Indiana, and meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear. Theme music written and performed by Still the Hand, imaging by Jessica Albertson. Please join us next time for more conversations on Big C, Little C.